Well, good morning to each one. Greetings in the name of the one that has painted the surrounding community with beautiful trees. <laughs> I just can't hardly get over it. It's just incredible what God has created for us to enjoy. First of all, I'd like to express my appreciation, my wife and I, for the acts of kindness in this past uh, Pastor's Appreciation Month <clears throat> and for your prayers on my behalf this morning. I can kind of identify with something Jerry said one time, as you get older, preaching don't get easier. And I don't think I've ever struggled as much as I did this time. So thank you for the text and the words of encouragement. <clears throat> have you ever heard, and I'm sure you have, have the phrase, you saw the handwriting on the wall. You were in a situation and you had to make a decision and you knew the decision would be this way if you chose this or if you went by the handwriting on the wall. And this isn't what I'm wanting to talk about this morning, but uh, <clears throat> a man up south of Elkhart early this spring wanted some work done, so we were up there working, and um, then the neighbor man, young fella, had bought an old farmhouse, and he wanted a basement drain put in that farmhouse, and I said, we do it, wood, we're right there, we'll do it. <clears throat> and uh, nobody was living in the house at that moment, and at that time, and so he told me how to get in, just basically walk in, and so we had to go into the basement to get the measurements of the depth of the basement, and as I walked into the uh, I guess it would have been the dining room. The carpet linoleum was all gone. Uh, it was all taken out, and all was there was the subflooring. And someone had written, I saw the handwriting on the floor, <laughs> not on the wall. But it, and I saw that, and we went down in the basement and did our work, got our measurements, and came back up, and I noticed... On the way back up, the, the stairway, the treads on the stairway were worn way down. I mean, it was, it had a lot of feet had went up and down that uh, stairway. And then uh, I remembered what I saw on the floor written in magic marker, and it was written fairly large. You could easily read it. It was scrawled on the floor, and it said this, May the next owner... Enjoy as many happy hours as Cleo and I have here. And then she gave some figures here. You'll be amused. I was. Only 80 acres. 
but we have made over a half a million dollars in 38 years. Now divide that up and how much is that a year? Not a whole lot. And in the fall of 1948, this farm was appraised at $16,000. And in 
and we uh, hear the stories of the walls of Jericho, how they crumbled after they marched around them a number of times, and they went down and gave them full access to the city. And the walls that uh, Nehemiah rebuilt, um, they were destroyed, knocked down. And then I had to think of Samson. He picked up the gates off of a city wall and carried them away, leaving the city vulnerable. And uh, so walls were important. Up in Elkhart here, um, there's a church up there that is named the Church Without Walls. I don't know if you ever saw that church. It's on Indiana Avenue. And uh, I think it was a re outreach from Clinton Frame Mennonite Church over here on Kind Road 37, I believe it is. They started that work, and they titled it The Church Without Walls. Well, that's an awfully good thing. A church with, uh, and I mean, we say church, we think of people, not a building. Well, too often we think of it as a building, but it isn't. This is just a meeting house. And uh, analogies break down, you know, at a certain point. You know, really... Laying all jokes aside, this, this room here would be a lot stronger if it had uh, partitions in it, right, Nathan? Yeah. A lot stronger. Well, in a church with people, walls don't make it stronger. Walls weaken relationships between people. <clears throat> and so the thought was, I think, behind the naming of that church in Elkhart, the, city, or the church without walls was a good idea. And I know nothing about that church. I just remember going by it and, and seeing the name on it, and it always has stuck with me. So uh, Ronald Reagan even identified with that when he told, told I believe, believe it was Gorbachev, tear that wall down. And it happened between West and East Germany. That's been a number of years ago when Reagan said that. <clears throat> well, Jesus in Ephesians 3.14 broke down the middle wall of partition. And I believe that was directed between the, the Jews and the Gentiles. And I'm amazed at, uh, and I admire the, the courage that the apostles had in Acts to change people's thinking from the old way to the new way. And, and I'm amazed at how that was accomplished. And there was a lot of meetings and discussions and um, they probably got heated sometimes. And, uh, <clears throat> but the, it had to be changed. The think, our thinking had to, their thinking and ours too, you know, there's still people we tend to want to go back to the old way. That uh, There's groups, I guess, that still do the sacrifice thing, and it's, it's totally unnecessary. It's not scriptural. So uh, I admire those men that uh, 
through the um, guidance of the Holy Spirit, obviously, were able to help break that middle wall of partition down. And no more uh, difference between the Jew and the Gentile. They all needed the salvation. Even today, it still stands the same. We all need salvation through Jesus. My text this morning, you'll find in Hebrews chapter 13. Verses 10 through 13. We have an altar whereof we have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood was brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin was burned without the wall. Wherefore, Jesus, also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffering without the gate. Let us go forth, therefore, unto him outside the camp and bear his reproach. For we have, for here we have, For here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. The the verse I would like to, to hone in on and think about is verse 13. Let us go forth, therefore, unto him, Jesus, outside the camp, bearing his reproach. Well... What was outside the camp? A big thing in those in the Bible times, uh, the New Testament times, well, throughout the whole Old Testament, was leprosy. Leprosy was, uh, was uh, I guess, a type and a shadow of sin, if I can say it that way. I don't know if that's the right uh, term, but it, it is likened unto sin, leprosy. And those that had leprosy were outside the camp. And what, uh, I need to back up just a bit here, what caught my attention to speak on this was um, a title, Outside the Camp, in um, our Daily Bread devotional book. This young man or this man, who was probably old now, grew up in Africa. And as he recounted his childhood, his mother would go to the village every week and buy her produce, whatever she needed. And this young man said that he, she would always go to this lady that had leprosy. And she would buy her produce, whatever it was, and then after that, they didn't see her the rest of the week in the city. She had to go outside the camp.
In the time of ancient Israelites, disease like leprosy meant living outside the camp. It was a forlorn existence. It was caught someone called a living death. Now I'd like to turn to uh, Leviticus. Chapter 13. And it says there in chapter 13 at verse 45 and 46, And the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent, and his head bare, and he shall put a covering upon his upper lip. Now does that ring a bell? He shall put a covering on his upper lip. And he shall dwell alone outside the camp without he shall dwell alone without the camp shall his habitation be. The garment also that the plague of leprosy is, whether it be woolen or uh, a, be a woolen garment or a linen garment, whether it be in the wrap of wolf or linen or in woolen, whether it is in skin a skin or anything made of skin. Describing some of the things that um, about leprosy. Excuse me, I think I missed verse forty six. All the days wherein the plague shall be in him he shall be defiled, he is un he is unclean he shall dwell alone without the camp, shall his habitation be. And what I was thinking of there is the COVID-19 thing. As I, it, all of a sudden, it hit me like a ton of bricks. It, 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 it's an example of perfect is what this is. People dying alone. Remember that? Maybe it's still happening. I don't know. I hope not. In our nation, in our hospitals, local here, in our nursing homes, people, family was not allowed. People were dying alone. And they had to wear face masks. Interesting. Well, it was a forlorn way of living. Outside the camp, alone. Outside the camp was also where the carcasses of the sacrificial bulls were burned. Outside the camp was not where you wanted to be. Why? Well, it, uh, it's more comfortable be, to be in the camp. This morning, we, we all, I should say, I like my comfort zone. My wife reminds me of that occasionally. I like my comfort zone. <clears throat> and uh, she's not as success susceptible as whatever, susceptible to it as I am. But um, 
I like my comfort zone. Now, this morning, let's say um, when you walked in here, there would be five men on this side and five men on this side that had turbans on. Would, would you get sleepy during the sermon? I wouldn't. <laughs> it takes us out of our comfort zone, doesn't it? It would me. So the people with leprosy were outside the camp, outside the wall, outside the gates, living a very forlorn life. Well, what did Jesus see? What did God see outside the camp that he wanted Jesus to do? Why did God plan it that way? Because there were people out there with needs, major needs, life and death situations. One of the questions that this devotional article asks, how do you initially react to outsiders and misfits? And that's who was outside the camp. Outsiders and misfits. We want to be popular. We want to be honored to live comfortable lives. But God God calls us to go outside the camp where the disgrace is. That's where we find the vendor with Hansen's disease, leprosy. That's where we find people the world has rejected. That's where we find Jesus outside the camp. And you know, I listened to one commentator in, on this uh, whole subject, and he said we've been we've been taught to go inside, inside, inside this building. That's where we gather, and there's nothing wrong with that. But where does our worship really take place? Outside, outside the camp, when we're rubbing shoulders with the people we work with during the week. That's where we really worship, seriously. Now, we worship here, but it gets to the nitty and the gritty when we're outside the camp, working with those, rubbing shoulders with those that have tremendous needs. Tremendous needs. Well, one more thing I want to talk about just a little bit here is the thought left me. Oh, yeah. Let's turn to Isaiah. Chapter 53. Verse 12. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death he has he was numbered with the transgressors where were the transgressors outside the gate 
and he bare the sin of many. And then it says, and made intercession for the intercessors. I like that. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God this very moment, interceding for you and I. I've thought a lot about that intercession. What takes place between Jesus and God? Jesus is communicating with God over a soul that's about to depart from this earth. Probably one of the saddest, the saddest day in my life was when I heard that my niece Juanita was killed. That happened in Goshen, as I recall, close to where Menards is on US 33. Juanita was not living an upright life. It was common knowledge. I was driving to work that day and my wife called me and said, what happened? And I found myself wanting to pray for her, but it was too late. And as that was probably four years ago, I think, the day before Thanksgiving. And as I, uh, reports came in and <clears throat> something I hang on to. And that is that if I remember correctly, Juanita had told her next younger sister, Rachel, that she's afraid. She's afraid. She didn't know how to get out of that relationship. And then the accident happened. And the investigating officer said this to the family. It appears that this young man was furious and driving at a high rate of speed, obviously. No question about that. And driving very erratic. And then the accident happened. And I suspect that Juanita had told him this is over. Okay, let's go back to the interceder. And I'm not trying to give people false hope here, but Jesus is our intercessor. And Brother Mark this morning read something about Jesus, our interceder, knows our, the thoughts and the intentions of our heart. And Charles Raymer said something after that accident, after the death, and they were talking about salvation. And Charles says it don't take long. And he's right. And there's been several instances as similar to this. Suicides. Accidental asphyxiations, 
How long does our mind work after we take our last breath? Nobody knows. But we do know one thing that your hearing is the last thing to go. And that was proven in a situation a man was relating to me. This man was in a coma and the family was around and not guarding their tongue. And he came out of the coma and he knew exactly what they said. And he was rather upset. So how long does our mind think after we take the last breath is my question. We don't know. But I'll guarantee you one thing that our intercessor knows. And I'm, like I said, I'm not trying to give false hope here. It's a, it's a dangerous situation to get into situations like, um, like I've described. So our Sunday school lesson focus was to be thankful for what God has done for us. By going outside the camp, bearing our reproach, And we may very well have to bear that same reproach as we go through life. Oh, may we all who come, oh, may all who come behind, behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light the way. May the footprints that we leave lead them to believe and the lives we live inspire them to obey. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. Thank you for listening.